Welcome to The Process with Mitch Tasker and Josh Shoebridge. This week we go into delayed gratification and how it can lead to success. Good afternoon, good Monday morning to everybody out there who tunes in to the Process Podcast with Mitch Tasker and Josh Shoebridge. How are you today, Mitchell? Hi, Josh. Good, mate. So, how's the week been? It's been, been uh, what's it, productive? Yes. Yeah, we've uh, got a bit done. So, just uh, a lot of planning and, yeah, no, it's all good. That's great. No, I actually, I did notice that you've been doing... Phase one or phase two? Was it phase two? Yeah, no, phase one. Yeah, phase one, with yeah. the yeah the seventy. Oh, live live hard, seventy five hard program. And how are you finding it? Um, yeah, it's good. Um, my focus is a little bit different this time around. Um, well, not focus. It's still still very much the same. It's it's more. Um, yeah, a lot. My I'm. My nutrition is not quite as um, stringent, I'll say, mm. um, as far as my Sundays go. I'm sort of allowing myself to um, – well, I'm actually I'm, – well, I'm actually taking in less calories through the week to allow myself to have sort of a bit more food on the weekends. Yeah, okay. Um, so it's more like, so, like uh, deficit yeah. banking sort of thing. Yeah, I th- and and actually just thinking about it and the way I'm doing it, um, it's funny that what we're going to talk about today, and that's exactly what it is. I'm delaying my gratification. Well, that's it. it it's putting the hard yards right into it. Uh, yeah. And so, like, as as we got the 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 key points, you can probably hear my kids in the background now. <laughs> They've just got home. Uh, but again, this is something actually really important for kids. So it's like delaying the gratification to help them grow up as well. So not only is it something we should be working for as an adult, it's also something we should also be trying to instill in our in our kids. Uh, yeah, I think there was a really good study done um, a long time ago with, I think they, they called it the marshmallow study. Yes. Um, yes. Where they had kids in, in a room and they basically left one marshmallow in there and then told them, you know, you'll get one more marshmallow if you... Uh, abstain from eating that marshmallow within a certain time period. That's it. Um, you know, some, some kids just you know couldn't couldn't tolerate and just ate it straight up. The other, you know, they they didn't care to wait. They just wanted that marshmallow straight away. The other kids, some would sniff it and smell it and mm. lick it and and then end up wanting and then eating it. You know, and then and then the kids that abstained from uh, eating it and then went. Um, you know, last of the time period, they actually end up being more successful later on in life. Cut That's, to cut yeah. a long story short, yeah, it was a really interesting study on that, and it, it sort of curtailed into a lot of different sort of things that kids do when it comes to gratification and how mm. they deal with loss and not just, gain. Not just children, adults as well. Mm. I think mm. what they how they turn out as adults. That yeah, that's what I was getting at. It's because the the behaviours that the child exhibits is a uh, very, very telltale of what they'll be like as an adult. But what they also found is they could also bend and change behaviours in the children who were exhibiting those low uh, low patience thresholds, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they'll be like, all right, here's what this child needs in the nurture side of things of growing up 
to get them to that level where they do have that patience, where they can save up for that thing that they want, where they can work hard or they can enjoy doing a university degree uh, in order to get to that point. So with with today's uh, topic, delayed gratifications, uh, one of the the key sentences of, of of our topics are really interesting. It says, discipline is about putting in the work even when you have nothing to show for it. And that's a really mm. interesting <laughs> sort of thing. I, it's it's sort of hard, I don't know, for you, but for me, if I'm doing a lot of like what I call busy work, and I know we like the word we were talking about last time, busy is a really bad word, and you mm. just don't end up seeing uh, – it's like when you're cleaning an, an entire house and you feel like at the end of the day you're looking at it and go, have I really done anything? Yeah, I think um, so. If if I can use my um, scheduling system as a as a um, as an example, so all um, just my lawn mows, uh, basically they're in the calendar. But uh, essentially, what I've been working on today is getting them all in a row in the right order, in the right time frame to be most efficient for the crew to run across the uh, the day. So. Yep. Essentially, it's all there, but it's but my time spent by actually physically changing it on the calendar to align how it would run most efficient. That might take me an hour or two a week to do the whole week of lawn mowing, but essentially across the across the days, it would save obviously time and effort for the crews, you know, and money, and you know, obviously that saves me hundreds and hundreds of dollars in in wages and whatever. Um, and it just makes everything more efficient. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's, it's sort of behind the scenes work that no one ever sees that I'm busy doing. Um, but it, you know, it's I, I don't get essentially paid for it on the front end, but it, I it's a return on the back end. No, well, that's again. It goes. You look at the the way theatres run, and that's like my my area of expertise. No mm. one. Well, I, we did a great job when no one saw what we did. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember there was one or, time. or an umpire, an umpire in football. Yeah, that's it. It's the best umpires you never, never hear or see. Or. That's exactly right. And then you, you get worried when you see umpires in the news. Yeah. So, like, with so that goes into the next key sentence in this particular topic, where it says discipline is making short-term sacrifices because you know they're necessary to achieve your long-term goals. Uh, all right. But as we we're talking about is, is the goals that we need to set are also based upon uh, the sacrifices. So like when you're doing your scheduling, like there, there would definitely be sacrifices with that as well, wouldn't there? Yeah, of course. Like my, yeah, I'm, I'm sacrificing my time, you know, essentially it's not, uh, it's all unpaid work. Mm. You know, we don't, we're not, I'm not out actually mowing the lawn or doing the tree work. All I'm doing is scheduling it so my crews run efficiently. Um, so, like I said, I, it, it's it's an efficiency um, and a, a profitable thing to do on the back end. Uh, but on the front end, the actual, you know, I've got to do the work prior to seeing any result for it. Yeah, and and that's this is where I, I think it's really interesting because you've got people who have never been business owners who. The, they look at people who say are either contractors or they own their own small business and they go, well, you never get a day off or you're never going to get paid for a day off. And mm. within reality, 
what you should be doing is working in a way where you not seeing it that way. Like you, you, you want to be able of to, course. you want to, again, doing that deficit yeah. banking, you're doing all the work. Yeah. So when you go on, when you go on your holiday, when you take a day off, you're not sacrificing, uh, yeah. like your pay or your wage or your, you got your crews doing their job. You've got, everything's being taken care of. Whereas you've got these people who like, yes, it is good to work as an employee for someone. And like, yes, you do have your entitlements, but again, you've still got to put in the hours of work in order to get those those banked up holidays. Yeah, I think um, you know, I, talking about being successful, I don't, it doesn't matter what level you are, whether whether you're the you know the floor sweeper or the or the um, the CEO of the company. No, the only right. way to progress is is to do the work. Now that take that as you will. If, if for you doing the work is just turning up and doing your nine to five and watching the clock all day and then can't wait to get home, then so be it. But don't think that you're going to progress fast or even at all by having that attitude. That's it's it. the people who, who put in and, and you know, bust their asses and do everything as best they can for every moment of every day. It doesn't mean doing necessarily doing extra hours or whatever, mm. but it doesn't mean, you know, like an, a great Andy Frisella cook, you know, if you're the, if you're the uh, uh, quote, sorry, Andy Frisella quote is that even if you're the guy flipping the, flipping the burgers at Macca's or the, or the French or the making the French fries, you make the best freaking burgers you can, or, you know, and the best fries that you can and guaranteed you'll have success in that role and, and you'll progress to wherever you want to progress. Well, that's, as long as you do it the best you can. Well, that's about marketing yourself and your skills. And that's where I think a lot of people, like you, you hit the nail on the head with saying just sitting there watching the clock. You're going to watch the clock. You're wasting your time. You're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, of course. And that's yeah. where one of my, I hate the saying a dead end job because no job yeah. is a dead end job. Exactly, exactly right. And, this is something I battle with, um, you know, in my, in my workplace um, quite a lot. Or not necessarily battle with, but it's hard to it's hard to get that across to them. Um, you know, I've had a few a few staff members. When I say a few, I mean probably one or two um, who have actually taken what I've said to them to heart about progressing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we've had we've had lots and lots of employees, and essentially they come and go in their mind probably because they see it as a dead end job. Whereas I'm telling them look, hang around, do the right thing, you know, get, get good at what you do, become a master and you'll, you'll have crews, you'll have um, trucks, you'll have people working for you and with you, um, you know, and, and that, that attitude alone is very hard to find. But it's, it's, like I said, I've had a few people who have done that and they're running crews within, you know, four to six months of actually starting with us. And if you think about it, that four to six months in the grand scheme of things isn't that it's a drop long. In the ocean. It's a drop in the ocean in as far as your career goes. And um, and that's the hardest sale in what we do um, as far as um, staffing goes is, is, you know, and that's up to me and that's what my primary focus is on now and has been for about the last 12 months is is working on my staff. Mm. Because that, that's it. You look after your staff, you're good. Like your business will be good because if you've got good staff, yeah. everyone else is happy. Yeah. Correct. It's, it starts with your staff. You know, they're your team. They're your, they're, your, they're your people. You know, they're your brothers and sisters that are just 
out there, um, you know, doing the work. And and it's not, you know, I'm out there doing the work with them. But my, as I said, my my primary focus is getting them right because I know if they are right and they're good and they're um, efficient and and skillful at what they do, then my business will be fine. You know, it's going to organically grow. Um, so that, that's where, you know, like I said, my, my primary focus is, build, is building my people into great people um, and, you know, the work is just part of what they, do, what they do. And so what kind that's of skill set would you, when you're interviewing someone for, for a role at the job, like when you're looking for yeah. stuff like, uh, like these sort of qualities, like someone who's not that, like who is capable of delaying their gratification, what kind of questions yeah. would you ask them in an interview phase? Um, oh, it's that's something that I'm I'm not real good at, and I think I've got a lot of improvement there uh, to to make. Um, but basically, I'm just looking for a good person, you know, honest, um, reliable, and is going to turn up. If the skills that the skill, and and I believe this is the case for any job. I don't care what you're doing. It, the skills, any skill can be to ta- ta- can be taught. Yep. Um, you know, so whether you've got qualif- qualifications or even experience, sometimes that's that to me that could be a detriment um, because you might have preconceived ideas on how things should be done. When you go to a new business, even though it might be in a similar field, that business might do things slightly different, and their customers expect things slightly different. Mm. So when you go in and you do things your way, and the customers are happy with the way it's been getting done, and you do something different. Then, the, then you know that can rock the boat in the wrong way. Um, so that's where, in that interview process, I'm I'm essentially just looking for that that true person that you know is is true to themselves, is is um, reliable, is going to turn up, um, is 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 there to you know try and think about things long term. And that's that's hard. You know, generally speaking, when someone's at a job interview, they're necess- they're just looking to get paid the next week nine times yeah. out of ten you know so you've got to in that interview process that's where i'm i'm really focusing on actually talking about the future as opposed to um and what they're interested in doing and what they want to do and where they want to go and you know um and that honestly can be the difference between getting a job and, and not getting a job like um yeah i had an example through the week where you know a guy applied he put sent his resume in and um, and I contacted him and I'm ready to employ, like I'm ready to put someone on. Yeah. Um, and he, he basically just said, oh, you know, I, was, I didn't have work at the start of the week. So, but now I've got some work. And I was like, okay, so why did you apply then? He's like, oh, I didn't really know. And then I got some work and, and yeah, I've got, you know, I've got a few weeks now, so I'm okay. And I'm like, all right, what sort of an attitude is that? Like how long can that last for? And, you know, I don't know. It was, to me, that was just sort of a bit mind-boggling. Um, yeah, you know, so- because I'm trying, to offer, I'm trying to offer these people, you know, um, work all the time, and to basically kick me out of a job. That's that's what I say to everyone: is you know, get good so you can kick me out of a job so you can stay employed. Well, that's it. So, because at the end of the day, you, uh, it sounds really lazy but i i don't see like i know there's no laziness to this you want to be in a position where your business is running where you can focus on other things to expand well, business. Actually run, the, run the business absolutely at the moment i'm working in it not on it That's you know, it. As, uh, that um yeah that that affects my whole life as on the on the other side like my family um 
you know, my family, my personal life, everything, because I don't have one. Mm. You know, I've got obviously got a family, but I don't have a life with them because I'm so busy doing my, you know, 40, 40 to 50 hours a week on the tools. Yeah. And then another another 30 to 40 weeks off the tools. No, I, I know exactly what you're feeling there because what the sacrifices I'm doing the most. So like for to be able to be in a position that my family are in, it requires me to work six days a week. That's six days plus two sleepover shifts in that. Uh, so I, I, I lose track of how many hours a week I work. And then uh, with with what's going on in the next month is running this council campaign where, like, today, I after church, I come home, had a quick walk with the kids and the wife, and I'm out there. I was out to a, a, a community back, back. group. And it's yeah. putting it in, it's like trying to set everything up so... At one point, I'll be able to be in a cut. Like my what my family will be comfortable, will be looked after, and then I'll be able to spend time with them uh, without having that worry in the back of my mind all the time. Are we going to have enough money? Are we going to have enough of this? Are we going to have enough of that? But saying that, that time that families have where they are scrimping and saving and they're budgeting absolutely every single last penny and struggling, and I say struggle in the words of actually like going through everything, not struggling like that they're absolutely destitute. That builds the family, in my opinion. Yeah, I think um, it's, a, it's a fine line um, mm. between, you know, you've got to, um, and like I said, that you know, one reason that I've sort of changed my focus around this 75 hard period uh, program for me is that I've, I'm trying to put some more focus back into my family as part of the 75 hard program. Yeah. So, you know, that's a not, it's a no, uh, a no compromise issue across, across the day. I have to spend a certain period of time with my family. Um, yeah. So it's forcing me rather than neglecting it. It's forcing me to actually do that. And I've already noticed just in the week that I've been doing it, how much uh, different I feel towards my family. Mm. Um you know, because before I was purely focused on everything else I was doing and not them. Uh, but now, like I said, I'm still focused on everything else, but I've included just half an hour of my time every day. It's generally about the same time every day, sort of between 7 and 7.30 of an evening, mm-hmm. straight after dinner. I spend sit down with the kids on the couch. We read, we um, talk about whatever we, you know, going to do. And, um, you know, and, and then after that it's, you know, get ready for bed and 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 put them to bed. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's, it's a little bit routine-ish, which is nice, you know, it's nice for them because they're, they're talking about it at dinner. They're going, what are we going to read tonight, Dad? What are we going to, you know, they're, yeah. they're into it. So, so which, yeah. is, which makes me feel good. And kids are routine. That's the, well, the, the my, mem- memory on the children is insane what they can remember. Oh yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, I said, actually said something to the kids this afternoon. No, it was this morning. We're driving to church. And I, I said, Alex, no, you can't sit in the middle. Mate, you can't sit in the middle. You're too little, um, especially when the big kids are in the car. They can sit in the middle. And then like 30 seconds later, like Alex, without a beat, goes, but Dad, how come sometimes you let us sit in the front? I'm like, oh, you got me there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, they're, they're too sharp. They're too good. They're too smart for their own good sometimes. And and like the boys at the moment, they've got this thing where because we give them like half an hour of screen time uh, on days where we can fit it in, like say on a Saturday or Sunday, or if it's a public holiday or something like that. 
and they've worked out within themselves because they've got the one iPad and the other one uses the TV and they know which one's had which and they've got the, the schedule worked out. If you do this, I'm going to have that. Da, da, da. And you just look at them and go, wow, how? Like two little kids, like one's five, one's seven, and you've got adults who can't work that sort of stuff out for themselves. Well, I think it comes down to how much you've got on your plate as well. Um, and that, you know, that's, yeah, adults have got a lot more on their plate than children. They're focused on the now and they're focused on what they want to do. Everything mm. is what they want based around it. So it's like eat, sleep, watch TV, um, you know, Toilet, annoy mum and dad, do all that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah, in your case, you, you got your son mowing the lawn this morning, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, so he's... Um, yeah, topic for another day, but I'll um, yeah, no, he's going really well. He's going good. That's good. No, like, that's actually something I. It, it's without changing the topic. Like, actually, no, we can include this sort of thing. What What are you doing to teach your children uh, to delay their gratification needs? Um, I think that comes back to. Um, you know, like a saving, something they're saving for. Mm. Well, I think, I think they're like at that stage of life, they're very material and they need something physical to understand what they're saving for or what they're actually do, achieving by delaying that gratification. Mm. So, so a big thing for us is, um, like, so Emmett, for example, he'll get, uh, collect all the cans up from the, the drinks and stuff and, um, and we go down to the, uh, to, uh, where you deposit them every every few weeks and, yeah. and he goes in and he puts the cans in, he cleans them up in here at home, puts them in bags, gets them in the ute, we take them down. So he does all the work essentially. He puts yeah. them in the machine. Um, usually we tie it in with when we're doing a grocery shopping. So he'll he'll go, I just leave him. He goes, yep. puts them in, comes in. He, go, he even goes up to the, re- uh, the lady at the cashier and cashes his voucher in for cash. Mm-hmm. Um, comes in and so he actually made me really proud because we did it yesterday and he um, he come back with $11.50 in, um, in cash. Yeah. and um, That's a crap load of cans. Yeah, yeah, we had a few cans. So he, he, he went um, – he went on his own accord to the lolly aisle, which is, um, which is you know, exactly where I would expect him to go. Yeah. And he bought uh, two chopper chops and a push pop. So three, three, three lollies. Mm. And, and then he had $10 left over. And not once did he ask me to spend more than that $10. And he bought those three lollies for the, for one for him and, and one for each of the girls. That's amazing. And that, that was amazing. It, it actually blew me away. And I haven't, I, I honestly, I haven't, um, spent enough. I ha- didn't put enough uh, attention into actually what he done. Then I spoke to him about it today briefly, uh, but I'll bring it up again with him about how good it was. And not so like like two factors. Obviously, the fact that he bought something for his sisters out of his money, and two, the fact that he didn't even question putting that ten dollars away. Mm. So he put that ten dollars you know, straight back in his piggy bank and didn't didn't say, Dad, can I go and buy another toy? Can I go buy more lollies? Can I do something else with it? It was just that's it was just that's where it was going. Mm. And that's um, and for yeah. a child of his age, that's mm. that's incredibly mature. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I mean it, a lot of it comes back to sort of the way we we are as people, I suppose, and the way we talk about money and um you know and, and the fact that it's 
it's out there to be made. You know, there's, it, it, I be, you know, I'm a huge believer in abundance and, um, mm. and the, the moment you start to think that something is abundant, it's amazing how it does become more abundant. Um, and that's, it's a mindset thing, you know, and, um, the, we talk about that with the kids is, you know, essentially the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, um, it's not even, but it really, it's not about luck. It's about hard work. Well, that's, the hard work creates the opportunities. See, that's, that's where this thing I keep, he keeps dropping in my head every time we talk about this sort of stuff. It's hedging. It's, it's hedging. You're stacking the deck. That's what you're doing. You're stacking the deck oh. in your favor by putting in that work. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. So it was funny. We were just talking about making it fun for kids and had the kids come running in here. Uh, and so, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I, I like to try and do as well. Like we, I try to bring my kids to things where I know it'll be fun for them as well as the things where they also need to have that time where they're, you know, they're waiting, having that, that time to wait. That's why I always talk to them about it. You know, like for them it's a, you know, there's a, there's a small – uh, thing at the end of the day, but that's also nice for me to give that to them, for, um, you know, while I'm, and I explain to them while I'm doing the work that I'm doing on the, you know, why do you have to do this, Daddy? Why do we have to be in the car, you know, driving around? And I was like, well, if I don't do this, then we don't have work. Mm, and then we don't have money and we don't have a house and and we don't, we're not allowed, we can't buy food and all this, you know. So I explain it to them like that in very simple um, terms that, that they probably don't understand, but that, but as you know, I think Emmett and now and Coco are getting to the age where they start. They're starting to understand why we do what we do, and it's for them. It feels like it's taking forever. But after the fact of the day, and we when I talk about the day we've had, I'm like, "Geez, you guys had a good day today. Like we went swimming, we went to McDonald's, um, we got a you know we got a lolly from um, Woolworths when we did our grocery shopping." Um, you know, we went here and we went there and we did this and we took the dog for a walk or whatever it might be. And you look at, look at the, the day as a whole and it's been a pretty pretty cool day for them. And, yeah. and through the midst of it, they spent a couple of hours in the car with me doing work, understanding that me putting in that work over the weekend means that we get work, you know, in the coming weeks. That's it. So you know, getting back to del- delaying that gratification the understanding that I'm, I'm actually working to um, get that gratification down the line or, you know, call it gratification or, you know, just keeping the ball rolling as far as work goes. Like you, you, you're putting the effort so you've got the work coming in, which then gives you the money to be able to live the life that you want to be able to provide for your kids, which yeah. you know, it's it's so funny. Like as, as kids growing up, we wouldn't have seen that with our own parents. We would have just seen them no. go off and we would have been doing our own thing because that, that's what yeah. kids do. And and now, as parents, you go. Wow. I had a great conversation. I had a great conversation with one of my staff members on Friday. Um, we we're talking about as you know when we were kids about what you know how our upbringings were, and and she she made the um, the comment about you know when she was a little a little girl, she used to just say to her mum and dad, just just write a check, just write a check, <laughs> and and the her mum yeah. was just explaining trying to explain to her that they couldn't afford to do something. And in in her eyes, that money just come out of that book, that checkbook, mm. and that was it. It didn't matter. It was just unlimited, you know. And that's where I think today, in today's day and age, with the with the cards and paying for things with cards, I, I think that can really be detrimental to the child. 
um, yes. to see that because it, there's no concept of actually how much is in that card for them. We know because mm. we, we look at the bank account, but they just see the, us going tappy, tappy, tap, and it's just unlimited money. And and mm. I'll try and change my mind, but that's exactly why we've got a debt crisis. You know, everyone's in debt. Oh, mate, you no, know? no, I totally agree. You think about everyone who talks about budgeting says to have separate things that you can tangibly go, all right, this piggy yeah. bank's for the, the car register. Use cash. Yes. Use cash. You know, have an envelope for what it, you know, if you've got a, um, yeah, I mean, this is going down the finance route, which is sort of, but, it, you know, delayed gratification is all about, you know, this big yeah. part and finance part of it. But I believe in, you know, paying cash for things is is a great um it's a great way to really restrict yourself in ways if you need to. And also when that money's gone, it's gone. That's it. So this is all I spend. It's not a credit card. It's not an overdraft. No. It's, that's it. So once it's gone, it's gone, you know, and that's, I'm a really big believer in that and, um, and physically using cash. I mean, if I don't know if anyone out there is listening to Dave Ramsey or, you know, and how he's, how he works his, um, his stuff, but he's a great, he's a great listen uh, for anyone that is struggling with their finances is to, you know, to get out of debt and essentially get out of debt and then, and then start moving forward. And that's his biggest thing is, you know, have you, have you cash in your envelopes that you've got to spend for your budget on different, different aspects. Once that money's gone, you do not go and get money out of anywhere else. That's Um, it. Cause it used, it used to be that your bank account was essentially, like that's where your savings were. That's where your life savings, yep. your nest egg, or whatever you want to call it. That's what that was for. And yep. nowadays, it's like it's so weird how they're all set up now. They're like like to to earn. It's it's actually almost unheard of for most everyday people to be making interest off what they've got in their bank account. Yeah, I mean, when I come out of school, um, the interest in bank accounts was quite good. So the more you had, like that's, mm. but that's also when. Um, interest rates on home loans and stuff was up like 18, 20%. So yeah. they, were, they were making huge money there so they could afford to pay in good interest on a savings account. So mm. it sort of it, it kind of balanced itself out, but it, it, I mean, it didn't, but because obviously most people owed, owed hundreds of thousands on their home and had 20 bucks in their bank account. So they, <laughs> the banks were still doing well. Um, but nowadays, because the interest rates are so low, on both ends, they can't. The banks don't. They're not going to give their money away because the interest rates on home loans and stuff are so are so low as well. Yeah, so, that's it. And that's that's the unfortunate yeah. thing with that. But at the same time, I think avoiding unnecessary debt again goes into uh, delayed gratification. Like, yeah. you don't need a credit card. To, uh, you you don't need these small personal loans to to go on holidays. Like getting loans to go on holidays. Yeah to me, is one of the biggest wastes of money you could ever do. There's no investment in it. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, and anyone that does that needs their brain checked. Anyone out there listening, don't get a freaking loan to go on a holiday. Work your ass off and get out of debt first. That's it, because uh, holidays are never a need. They are wants. They are luxuries. And and this is, again, this is really good. We're getting to this point where we're, we're talking about uh, all these little things that people do that 
that are essentially the opposite of delaying their gratification. They want instant, they want it down, they want it then. And I work with people who have the inca- that they're incapable of having any form of a, of a delay of gratification. We try to implement that with these with the people that I work with, and it's it, we recognise it as an important thing. And I understand the the internal drive of people that want to have instant right now, but it does not help. It does not give anything good. No. And and we were uh, that, talk- dopamine, that dopamine hit is certainly not worth it. And that's most it. of the time. That's it. And that's so again. So uh, challenge for the week, Mitch. What do you think? Challenge for the week. Um, like challenge for myself, challenge for you. Challenge what? to our listeners. Let's give them a challenge this week. Um, challenge for the week. I think, you know, have a look at your money. You know, if you want to talk about delayed gratification, generally everything comes back to money. Hmm. So, you know, try and work out how much you need need to live. Work out how much you need to live and then with any luck, you've got some left over and put that away or do something with it, invest it, you know. Um, invest into a raise account, invest into some whatever you think you want to invest in. It doesn't even matter what it is. Just invest into something, um, something That's you're it. interested in. So like for myself, I'm a, I, I go into crypto um, and I, and one of the biggest rules, and I'll, I'll say this is um, one of the biggest rules I live by with this, don't invest what you can't afford to lose. Absolutely. That's, yeah, 101. So, but no, thanks for today, Mitch. It's been a really good, good episode actually i've i've actually grabbed a lot from this um because you think about uh, delaying gratification and how we teach our children and we all do it differently and we all we all live it differently too but at the, at the end of the day there is a basic process to being able to to live in a way where you can delay your gratification 100 percent, and you take it into all facets of life that I guarantee, you know, you will get success in every every facet of your life if you can delay that gratification, whether it comes to food, um, whether it comes to exercise, whether it comes to uh, and your finances and your health. You know, I think I think um, it, the hardest the hardest thing is just to is just to say no at the right times. You know, you got to say no at the right times and yes at the right times uh, in different scenarios and getting as you get older and wiser and make mistakes and learn from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is how you how you um, be successful in each of those areas. That's exactly right. So again, you can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Now we're, I think we're available on seven different platforms and our social media, Mitch. Process FM on Instagram. Still haven't received a DM yet. I'm getting a bit sad there. Please slide me a DM. Just something. Just say hello. Yeah, That's all I need. So, <laughs> say hello. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Show us some love. That's right. Or hate. Need some hate too. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll respond to that. (laughs) Doing what we do, we need a thick skin. Uh, And also, if if you want to come on the show again, let us know. We're we're happy to talk to anybody of any persuasion. Yep. Let's let's uh, let's talk to some really cool people. That's it. And we're looking at moving forward. We've got that on the way. So you know, stay tuned. So again, yeah, wherever you are at this moment in time, try to delay that gratification. Try and uh, you know build something for yourself, and and join us next week for another episode of uh, the process. Uh, we'll catch you later and have a good week. Thanks, Josh. See you guys. See you guys. Bye. 
You've been listening to The Process with Mitch Tasker and Josh Shoebridge. The Process is hosted on Anchor FM. Audio production by Josh Shoebridge. Music supplied by TunePocket.com. You can find us on Apple, Spotify and all other podcast platforms. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again for listening.